stopped, get him stopped. God and Moses both in a sidecar could not drive a sprint car with a thousand horsepower. I swear to God, he's done a double somersault backwards. My car will go past wide open. Uh, my 50,000 came in a Twinkie box. You know, I get my jollies off over looking at a nice car wash. You know he's going to crash your shit, but he's still, he's still got great stories. Oh, they disappeared. Oh, I'm leading. <laughs> I'm leading. <laughs> you plated your old ball sack and you just freaking let it eat. It's all goddamn assholes and elbows. And if you ain't right... They'll send your ass to the rear. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Open Red Podcast, the official podcast of the World of Outlaws, NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars. My name is Rob Blount from Dirt Vision, and joining me from somewhere is Nick Graziano, the PR god of the World of Outlaws. Nick, how you doing, and where are you? That's a good question, Rob. I don't know. <laughs> I, at least know I, I at least know I'm in D.C., but I'm trying to find my gate. Uh, so I got off around my gate's 27. I got off around gate 23. I looked, there's tw- gate 26. There's gate 28. No gate 27 in sight. So that makes sense. Oh, so you are indeed at an airport right now calling in. I am at, I am at an airport. Okay. So if anyone hears any, you know, now boarding calls or this is the last call for Nick Graziano, we may just have to yeah, let just him start go. yelling. Um, yeah. It was tempting. The flight I got off on was turning around and going to Key West. That was a tempting stay but you know I, I guess i'll go to the nationals yeah that that's a that's a tough call right there actually the two of those um yeah yeah that's that's a tough one where were you this past weekend um i was actually at Watkins Glen uh for a cup race watching uh kyle larson still do kyle larson things <laughs> it's funny how you went to a completely different form of racing and still saw the same guy win yeah, I know. I thought I'd see something maybe a little different. Nope, dirt guy takes it all, which is that's all right. You know, dirt guys are dominating. You know, a couple of dirt guys still got together, uh, as we've seen a few times, but made for some uh, exciting racing. Uh, you know, it's a good uh, preview. A lot of good crowd, which is good. We'll hopefully see that good crowd for Super Dirt Week and uh, those New York races to come. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I'm also completely here for a uh, continuously growing kyle larson christopher bell rivalry so that's a brilliant thing about being a dirt fan because you get to see them not only do that in nascar but you know you know the backstory of all the rivalry in the dirt we've seen it in the midget we've seen it in the sprint cars now we see in cup so it's a fun thing to watch and they're both so young always on the winning side of it though it does (laughs) seem to be that way yes um and it's it's so cool because they're both still so young that it's like this this can just go on for like another two decades and it could be awesome yes Super cool, super cool. That's cool that you got to uh, go enjoy your race uh, as a fan this weekend and um, before you get to work this week at the Nationals, uh, which it's finally here. The 60th Knoxville Nationals, after a a full extra year's wait, is finally here. It begins this week. We are recording right now on Tuesday, so it begins tomorrow night, Wednesday night, August 11th through saturday so exciting can't wait crazy to think that it's already knoxville nationals times but also awesome that it's 
family, Knoxville Nationals time. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, but before we get too deep into today's episode, uh, we're going to hear from our friends at Manscaped, uh, because of course today's episode is sponsored by our friends at Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Uh, it's back to school time, and we want to make sure that you pack the essentials to have the best year yet with the fourth-generation performance package from Manscaped. Things are opening up, so be ready for whatever is in the daily schedule for you. It's the perfect package for you, and it includes the brand new Lawnmower 4.0. So make sure that you go for the gold. I uh, see the Olympics just ended, and I threw that one into the read as well. And uh, be the best you that you can be, and get the best grades that you can be. So you're not worrying about any, uh, you know, non-hygiene situation going on down there. Use the Lawnmower 4.0. Get yourself trimmed up and join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and use the promo code OPENRED20 to get yourself 20% off plus free shipping if you use the promo code OPENRED20 at manscaped.com. This year, graduate... <laughs> this year, make sure you graduate with a degree in good hygiene below the waist with our friends from Manscaped. How about that, Nick? Got to I mean, make you sure don't you're clean, be, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you don't want to be sitting there taking a test, hot classroom, and just worrying about something else. You want to be focused on the test. It's, it's, you know, you Manscaped, it's got to be automatically like a grade up of what you would have got. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna get I a agree. C. You're you're gonna get a C plus or B minus now. I, exactly, exactly. The good thing is all of those get degrees. So you know, just keep that in mind. C's get degrees. Everyone out there, uh, that was uh, my motto for the last two years of college for me. Uh, Nick, I feel like you were probably a straight A student. Uh, here and there, you know, depending on depending on the subject, I guess. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, you know who's a straight-A student when it comes to uh, his career on the dirt was Danny Lasoski, uh, and he is our guest this week. Uh, we felt like he would be the perfect lead-in to the Knoxville Nationals. Uh, he's only won it a couple of times, and now he's trying to do it again as the crew chief for Brian Brown with the number 21 machine, uh, and they've had a pretty solid weekend so far between the 360 Nationals and uh, the front-row challenge at Oski. Uh, some good runs. Some, some mixed runs in there, but if anyone knows how to make a car go fast at Knoxville, it's Danny Lasoski. Now, we're going to point out, though, that you may hear like you may hear us say in the interview, you know, in a few weeks when you get to Knoxville, we recorded this one uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, obviously, we weren't going to record a full interview while Nick is sitting in the airport on a layover, uh, so we planned ahead for that. So, um, yeah, it, there may be a little bit of that, it, but it, it was... Recorded in advance, but it's still the perfect interview to get you tuned up for the Knoxville Nationals. Am I right, Nick? Oh, yeah. He was definitely excited, energized, and uh, did not hold back like Danny Lasowski usually does. Yeah, so let's just get right on to it. Joining us this week on Open Red is Danny Lasowski. And joining us today is the 2001 World of Outlaw Sprint Car Champion, Danny Lasowski. Danny, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys for having me on. It's really a pleasure to be on there. I love your guys' show, and uh, let's do this. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, uh, when we're talking to you now, you just picked up uh, a win with uh, Brian Brown at I seventy. Uh, just kind of talk about how you two ended up teaming back together. <laughs> well, it, this is a, uh, two weeks ago. I'm enjoying uh, my time off with my beautiful wife in Ocala, Florida. Uh, Debbie and I were just hanging out by the pool after she she's a nurse practitioner she had a late shift and my phone rang and uh it was it was brian calling and it was late night so usually at that late night i usually don't answer so i didn't answer well the next morning the phone rang again at eight so he must want something so i answered the phone and he told me that he had to 
a little bump in the road in his team. And he said, man, I would, uh, I'd love for you to come help me. And obviously I was, I was looking, uh, for the same opportunity. You know, I, I was just wanting to, uh, wanting someone that had the same desire to win as I did. And I, you know, I got out of a situation that, that I feel wasn't that way. And, and, and he, uh, he's definitely shown he wants to race. And it was just, it's a pleasure to come work for Brian Brown racing with Casey's FTP and all his partners. It's, it's a great race team. He's got uh, great guys with Nate, um, Ty, you know, my dad's here to help and, and Brian's dad also. And it, it's just, it's a good atmosphere and it's a family atmosphere. And, uh, finally, it does, you know, you, you, you're with a team that has one goal and that goal is to, to try to get into victory lane and nothing else. No if, ands, buts about it. And that's, that's why I'm enjoying myself right now. Yeah. It seems like since you've gone over there, the consistency, uh, has been a lot better for Brian, uh, turning in a lot more consistent runs, uh, very strong runs. What has been the thing do you think that you've brought to the table that's maybe changed things for them or maybe it was just there all along, but now you guys have really honed in on it. <laughs> well, he's had a great race team all along. There's, you know, obviously Chad Morgan has been with him for a long time and did a great job for him. Um, but when I come here, it's, it's a, it's a different mindset. Um, I bring a lot of, uh, lap experience in driving these race cars. Um, you know, obviously I have changed the race cars around to way that I like them. And, you know, whether Brian likes or not, I've taught him everything he knows, just not everything I know. We just laugh about that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he drives like me, you know, he, he start his racing career started with, uh, one of my race cars with my dad, you know, him and my dad taking off and racing. And that's, that's how he's learned. So basically we've gone, we've gone back to, I say, we're not going to reinvent the wheel. We're going to go back and put our race car exactly like we used to run it and put it more into driver's hands because he's more than capable of getting the job done. And he's showing that And our, our opportunity, our first opportunity out was going to Eldora. Uh, and as you know, that both, it was awful slick there and we got our car pretty, pretty good. He said, that's the best he's ever been on the slick. So that would give us confidence. And we went to Knoxville last weekend and, and we got the victory and then we roll into our home here. It's, it's the new I 70 speedway. And, and we got lucky and won her again last night and uh, Thursday we go to Sedalia. So if we could put some consistent runs together, we, uh, I think we'll be a factor for the, the big one at Knoxville nationals in a couple of weeks. Yeah, obviously, both of you, a lot of success at that track. Um, what is it that, that was that fit your style and you think fits his style uh, that just makes both of you just so good at that track? Um, it, it starts at Chris Duncan and the Duncan family. Uh, they do a phenomenal job. I think the very best in the country at preparing a racetrack. And why I say that, it, they put it in the driver's hands and give you options because rarely, and I mean very rarely, you see them farming a track in, at, at night uh, during, a, during a race event. And what I, what I mean by that as being a driver and being now a tuner and a crew chief, uh, that's our job. Our job is to make our car better through the night, not worry about if a guy's going to go out and water it, farm it, and, and, change, and change the surface. Uh, and I think that's why running Knoxville Raceway, they do such a phenomenal job from the front office all the way down to push our drives, everybody to, to make sure that it puts it in the drivers and the crew chief's hands for victory. And, and also we both enjoy big, fast racetracks that, that it's, uh, 
it, it takes a driver, it puts it back in the driver's hand because Knoxville is very technical. You know, you, you can, you can lose car links and gain car links with a, with a basically a blink of eye or running a brake pedal wrong or, or uh, having your car too tight on entry. It, it, a lot of variables. So I think that's what we enjoy. So between the two of you, between your success there and your knowledge and expertise there, and obviously he is so strong there every single week. He's a favorite every time uh, the Outlaws and, and the whole sprint car world rolls into Knoxville in uh, early to mid-August. Do you think that this is the year that he's able to put everything together and be the one celebrating in that victory lane on Saturday, on that Saturday night? <laughs> Obviously, that's, that is our utmost goal you know and i know it's his and i have one million percent it's mine uh if if we could make that happen uh first and foremost it, it would be a dream come true that we could do that with my dad there with us you know he was he was there for all four of mine and be able to do it with his grandson and be able to bring casey's and uh scp their probably their first world about i mean their first knoxville national championship would be very special to me and if i could be a small part of it it uh it would it would mean a lot to us and you've been talking a lot. It really sounds like it's a real family deal over there now. Um, kind of talk about what the dynamic is like. Obviously, sometimes it can be a little contentious with family trying to work together. Or sometimes it can be really well. How, how is it over there right now? Well, he knows I take zero, and I don't know if you can bleep this out, I take zero shit. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, he knows that uh, I'm giving him 100%. I'm, I'm preparing this race car like I was driving it, and he knows that. So he he. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, now that uh, the things have changed, you know, my dad is more hands-on now. He wasn't very much hands-on before. Now he's he's right in the middle of it, which I think that brings Brian a little bit of ease because his grandpa means the world to him. Because when when I was racing with the World of Outlaws and with Tony Stewart, we we were real busy when he his career started. So I wasn't I wasn't able to be there when he first started. My dad was with him day to day. So I think I think that means a lot to him. You mentioned you know how cool it would be if, if, or, or being a dream come true if you guys were to pull this off in a few weeks. Um, or I, actually, by the time this is probably airing, a few nights from now. Um, but you've won a few of them yourself. Uh, Brian's still seeking his first. Where would this one rank amongst your titles there if you guys were to get it done on Saturday? Well, uh, it would rank right up there. You know, I think um... – I don't know if I'd be the first to be able to win it as a driver and a crew chief, or I don't know, but it, it'd probably go down to record Brooks to one of the coolest things I've ever done. Uh, it's, it's pretty nice to, uh, to, to give him some of my experience on the driving part, as far as techniques and stuff that he has never been taught, uh, and see it, you know, come full circle on the racetrack. So winning Saturday night Knoxville nationals would be probably the ultimate for both of us. Obviously, Brian follows a tour every now and then um, with the world of all the sprint cars. Um, obviously, you were on it for quite a while, and you were um, on it the last couple of years, uh, recently helping out Mason, so you kind of got to see what the recent uh, tour is like. Is there anything from that experience you've been able to bring to Brian that maybe he doesn't see not running with the Outlaws full-time? Well, that, that's the thing that you have to incorporate, the, that running with the world Outlaws uh on a consistent basis and i mean every day your your level of intensity is is to the top you have to be on your game 100 percent time not 99 100 and that's the thing i'm trying to bring to him you know we obviously we we don't run it every week but we have to go into every racetrack with that same intensity that same drive and that same uh mindset that hey you you can't hesitate in lap traffic because the world of outlaws is not going to give you a second chance 
Is it difficult uh, for someone who doesn't run, I guess, at, at that intensity every single night? You know, the, the Outlaws is obviously a different level of intensity than a, a normal weekly show at, say, Knoxville, for example. Is it kind of difficult to switch that mindset on, do you think, for anyone? It really is, because when you run, and, and I am by no means, uh, you know, degrading the local uh, competition, but the local competition gets to run maybe one night a week, maybe. Well, when, you, when you're when you racing and you're trying to racing at a level where you're attacking 100% of the time at, 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 at max speed, you know, the percentage of the guy ahead of you, he may not have a clue, and, and you're running – uh, like you're running for your life and you run over a wheel leading a race. And that's pretty dumb to junk a car when you don't have to run that hard. So it's like a catch 22. You've got to go hard, but be very, very uh, cognizant of what's getting ready to happen in front of you. Uh, and, and when you're running with the outlaw guys, they're all on, basically on the same level. So you're running up. It's just a different mindset. And I, I don't know if I'm explaining it correctly, but it's, it's really tough. You got to be aware. Obviously, this year would mark uh, 20 years since you got your championship. A uh, few things have changed maybe uh, since that time. Uh, for you, what have you seen that has changed with the series since then? Well, obviously, the series is growing and growing every year. Mm-hmm. Brian Carter's done a great job. You know, third vision, open red. I mean, we didn't have that back in the day. We didn't have uh, timing and scoring and the little tools that was it's helped all along the way. We've I live with a stopwatch in my hand. So things like that I've seen uh, evolve. Obviously, the race engines, so much better. Shock technology, things like that. So it, it's it's just keeping up with the times every single day. Does it surprise you or kind of amaze you at how much this sport of sprint car racing continues to grow as the years go on? It, it doesn't surprise me. It amazes me, and, it, and I'm very honored and proud to be a part of it. And I've been around this sport an awful long time, and each and every day you learn something new, and that's that's what I keep striving for, and that's why I wake up every morning uh, thinking about what we can do to win more races. Like you just talked about the intensity needed to on a daily basis with the Outlaws to just compete against them on, on a race night. Um, when you were going for your championship back in 2001, was it the same kind of level of intensity? Has it picked up since then? Um. I think it was more back in the day because when you're sitting in a driver's seat, you, you want the, I did, I wanted the weight of my whole team on me because I know they were giving me a hundred percent. And the last thing I want to do is let them down. So the intensity level is there or even more back in the day. I love that. That's awesome. I wanted the weight of my whole team on me. That's just such a cool, like, um, leadership mentality there. And I think that's, Part of what's now making you go from being a great driver to a really great crew chief as well. Well, thank you very much. I mean, I, I hope I can bring that that mindset, that concept to, and I think it has. It's over. They know how serious I am. You know, there's a time to have fun. There's a time to be serious. And I really, and it's going to sound not very nice, but it, I don't really like racing. I just like winning. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, obviously, throughout the years, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, fun memories, uh, things you like to uh, look back on for you. What are, what are those memories that you enjoy looking back on and remembering? Well, with the World of Outlaws, um, winning the Knoxville Nationals uh, is not just winning a race. It's winning an event, and it's life-changing. And you're going like – and I know you guys are probably looking at yourself like, what's he talking about? Well, it really does. I told uh, Donnie Schatz that before he won. I told Timmy Schaefer. I said, when you guys win this thing, 
it's life-changing. And they looked at me like I was nuts. But if you go back and talk to them guys right now, they'll tell you the same thing. If there's not one time in a, in a work week that you go by that you don't think a couple times of, of what happened on that that night or that day, you know, obviously Donnie's got 10 of them. I got four. Timmy's got one. But they'll tell you that that race is always at the top of their list when they talk about racing. Okay, so what is it like as a – multi-time past winner of that race walking into that racetrack for you now what is that like like looking for santa claus it's christmas day (laughs) it's christmas day when you walk in there (laughs) now you said life-changing what what was that life-changing moment you won it you're the champion what what is this what is the life-changing moment there then it would be like you doing the ultimate uh open red that that everything went as smooth and you feel like my god i just crushed it i just knocked the grand slam i just won the super bowl and i and i just won the indianapolis 500 all balled up in one that's that's what it means it's it's a accomplishment that i can remember this this is i can remember driving down the road uh early in my racing career driving down the road and and you're you're daydreaming and you're thinking my god if if i could just win the knoxville nationals how amazing and what a feat and what would i say in victory lane well you know guys i had a victory lane speech that uh that a president i could have run for president that i was so convincing <laughs> and when i won that thing i forgot everything i was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> okay so you like we said you've got four of them which one of the four stands out the most is it the first one is it like did something happen in the third one that makes that one stand out the most like when you look back on those four which one is like your fondest or are they all just equal because it's the Knoxville Nationals and it's the ultimate? Well, each one of them are, have a different uh, storyline, but it, it, to answer your question, is probably the first one because, um, you know, we obviously got the lead on the lap. We had to lead, lost the lead, had to lead, lost the lead, and was running second. We took the white and off of turn two, I got the lead and won the race. And the crowd went crazy. It was, it was my first, obviously. It was Dennis Roth first and, uh, it, it was a mad – I I'm not like a big time emotional guy, but I can tell you, uh, when I turned around and did that Polish victory lap, and I seen the crowd jumping up and down, uh, I think I got a little a lump in my throat. <laughs> so I probably the first one is probably means the most to us. Definitely, and uh, just the celebration alone at a Knoxville National seems uh, something different than a regular victory lane celebration like you said the emotions come in there's the crowd there it's a life-changing moment uh for you how is it hard to take it all in like you said you forgot your speech is it do you even remember what victory lane is like at the time oh you never forget that (laughs) i I, obviously that let me tell you something and it's going to show my age so you young guys but you're going to understand this i can i can remember in 1998 and uh winning the knoxville nationals on saturday night and consuming some adult beverages till early, early in the morning and being out in front of my motorhome and they delivered a Sunday paper and I'm in the Des Moines Sunday paper. Now, how, <laughs> that's how old that's is that? pretty cool. No, I don't call that old guys. I call that seasoned. How seasoned am I? So <laughs> <laughs> That is awesome. That is, that's, that's really awesome. Um, so when you stopped racing, um, was it, was it difficult to transition into another aspect of the sport when you stopped being behind the wheel my goal was to do something there's no one else has done in the sport and that was become a mentor and help a learning curve out of a young guy and take some of my driving 
ability, my driving knowledge, and passed through a younger guy that had the same desire. You did, but I learned through experiences you you have to have the right guy. You have to have the same mentality, and it's hard as a young guy to have the same mentality, especially with you know today's technology. They want to be on you know on a computer or on you know whatever the deal. Back in the day, we didn't have that, and all we cared about was being in the garage and learning what each part of these race cars do. So that that is um that's something that's really important to me so like you said uh it's it's almost like a grieving process you're not being able to do what you love uh kind of thing so has this been being able to be a mentor be a crew chief like you said this next best thing but has it helped that grieving process and i guess the best way to say yeah it does sounds like a a funeral (laughs) no no but here's I, I, I talk to other drivers that, that I respect and support. Just obviously, like I talked to Tommy Estes last night, and we've talked to us. I said, Tommy, does it bother you? He said, well, yeah, it did. And I, I, we laugh. I said, well, because, you know, if you're a drug addict, they have they have a thing called, uh, you know, drug rehab. And if you're an alcoholic, they have AA. What do they have for older race car drivers that they get out of the sport? They have nothing. <laughs> so you, you have your choice. You either try to stay involved with the sport or you get completely away from the sport and don't even look at it. Well, not only am, am I competitive in the sport, I'm a fan as well. I love this sport. This sport has been fantastic to me, and I hope to be involved until the day they put me under. I love that, it. That's, that's commitment. That, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a solid spot to end right there too, Nick. What do you think? Yeah, that's pretty uh, – I don't know if you can get any better than that. No, that's... there's no top in that one. <laughs> Daniel Lasoski, thank you so much for your time and for joining us. And uh, great luck, or good luck to you and hey, to Brian luck. Brown. Great luck. That works, <laughs> I guess. Um, but as you guys chase a, a Knoxville Nationals title, good luck to you all. And uh, thank you again very much. I appreciate it. Well, guys, please, thank you very much for having us on. And don't be so long between you asking me to get back on again. We'll make it more often, okay? If that yeah, works for us. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks a lot. We'll see you. Yep, have a good one. Super cool of Danny Lasoski to take the time to uh, stop by with us um, and talk about the Knoxville Nationals. And it would also be super cool to see him get the win as uh, a wrench turner this week uh, with Brian Brown's team. Yeah, that'd be pretty neat. They would have to maybe uh, ask our uh, sprint car PR guy, Brian Walker, the stats of the last time someone was a driver and a uh, crew chief winner of the Nationals. Yeah, that would be really cool to uh, to see that get done. But you know what was really cool this past weekend was uh, the, the doubleheader at Peevely, as it, as it always is. Yeah, Peevely is super exciting. Uh, the Ironman, that felt like the Ironman watching Ironman, it seemed like uh, a race from like uh, the World of Outlaws 2002 sprint car games. Cars all over the place, sliding uh, sideways off the corners, banging into each other. Just a whole lot of fun. And then it became like, for a little while, it felt like it was starting to become a war of attrition because it was just, it was really starting to feel like an Ironman race. Just so, so difficult, oh, yeah. so many cautions. Uh, and and then we got the result that I think all of us expected, which was uh, Sheldon Hoddenshield sweeping the weekend uh, at, at I-55. Uh, it's pretty much becoming his playground at this point. Pretty much. And if you watched, it maybe, you know, I don't, I'm going to say, oh, sure, we can take the credit. Maybe he's listened to us. It seemed like he finally learned to 
I had that little bit of caution at the end. You know, the final couple laps, I saw him instead of ripping the cushion, he ran a little low, ran through the middle, made sure he got the win, no messed ups, and he got both of them. I don't know if we can take credit for that, but I think we should. I mean, we can take credit for whatever we want. I mean, we're, it's a podcast. We can say we say what we want, right? Listen, if the posse is going to take credit for Brent Marks's win uh, back yeah, exactly. at the Grove, I think we can take credit for teaching Sheldon Hoddenshield how to uh, be a little bit more conservative and protect his lead in the late race, I guess, right? Sure. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, you're welcome, Sheldon. Uh, <laughs> taking a look at the top 10 from Friday night's 35 lap race, uh, as I already just mentioned, Sheldon Hottenshield with the sweep on the weekends, he gets the win on night one, night one over Brad Sweet, who finished in second, David Gravel, third, Logan Shuhart, fourth, Carson Macedo rounded out the top five, Donnie Schatz finished in sixth, James McFadden, seventh, Jacob Allen finished in eighth, Spencer based in ninth, and Parker Price Miller in 10th. Uh, the points after that night, Carson Macedo has 126 points back of Brad Sweet, and David Gravel was 138 points back of Brad Sweet, sitting there in third. Uh, moving ahead to Saturday night, uh, the 55 lapper, Sheldon Hoddenshield did Sheldon Hoddenshield things and got the win there over James McFadden, who finished in second, Brad Sweet in third, Logan Schuhart finished fourth, Rico Abreu in fifth, David Gravel finished sixth, Jacob Allen seventh, Danny Dietrich finished in eighth, Donnie Schatz ninth, and Carson Macedo rounded out the top ten. Um, one thing that we probably should have mentioned before getting into the recap uh, is the rather large penalty to Aaron Reitzel. Yeah, um, so that happened. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, that was uh, definitely a surprise. Um, and I think the penalty fit the uh, the crime, I guess we could say. Yeah, I, I am trying to find the, the full penalty here for him. Uh, but this came down as a result of the two races in New York. Uh where is the full fine? Aaron Reitzel has been fined $10,000, which must be paid by August 28th of this year. Uh, he was also de deducted 1,000 driver points and was suspended uh, for 30 days from the July 31st infraction date. Uh, I believe he was penalized because uh, I, th I think technically he ran a car that he was not supposed to run uh, and had a, a, a chassis inspection sticker that appeared to have been tampered with, which was yes. a massive no-no. Yeah, so our um, uh, tech official, uh, Tom Devitt, who uh, he was on this not too long ago, talked to us about uh, all the safety aspects he does and how he checks the cars. Um, obviously, when he checks the chassis, he has a tool that checks the thickness of them, and he checks for make sure everything is legal. And when it is legal, uh, we put a sticker on that chassis saying, yep, good good to go. Uh, it's a legal chassis. So somehow uh, Aaron, we, Tom noticed something off with uh, Aaron's chassis um, and uh, mentioned it to him and Aaron admitted that he took one of those official t stickers and took it off a, a good chassis somehow, which is I don't know, we're not really sure uh, how it's supposed to be in possible process, but he found a way, I guess, um, and took that sticker and put it on a chassis that was uh did not fit the rules um, yes and we found out 
As the press release, uh, the official press release states, uh, when co- quote, when confronted with these observations, Reitzel admitted to Tom Devitt in the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series director Carlton Reimers, he had taken a white chassis, which he knew had been previously disallowed for competition by Tom Devitt due to undersized tubing. He then painted it black and then removed an inspection sticker from a legal chassis and placed it on the chassis in question, end quote from the press release. Uh, so, yeah, all of that... Uh, Got him suspended and uh, big points penalty as well. Uh, so filling in for him in the Roth Motorsports number 83 was Parker Price Miller, who, man, uh, really had things going for him on Saturday night right up until he didn't. Yeah, unfortunately, he had a couple of good nights. I believe he was quick time both nights. Um, it looked like he was going to maybe... Uh, bring that thing back to victory lane again himself, but unfortunately um, might have ran over something on the track possibly, but either way he cut a tire and flipped and unfortunately ended his night on Saturday. Yeah, cut a tire and flipped from the lead, which was uh, the real heartbreaker there. Um, Looked poised to have a really strong run, maybe a race winning run, uh, and then ended up upside down and finished in 13th uh, for all of his efforts. Um, but I got to tell you, my favorite part about Saturday night is what I'm about to read to you next, which is the lap leaders from Saturday night. Ready? Get, get a listen to this. David Gravel led laps one through five. He also led laps 16 through 20. He also led laps 22 through 32. He also led laps 42 through 43. Parker Price Miller led laps six through 15. And Sheldon Hoddenshield led lap 21. He also led laps 33 through 41, and then laps 44 through 55. Um, that was just ridiculous. To have that many that many lead changes over the course of a 55-lap race on a little tiny bull ring like that uh, was just absolutely, absolutely incredible. Yeah, that's just a testament to how good of a track that they had and produced. Um, just how good that race always is every year. Every single year. So good. Uh, your KSE Hard Charger Award went to James McFadden, who gained 10 spots on the evening, went from 12th to 2nd. And as we take a look at the point standings now, uh, it is, of course, Brad Sweet still atop the leaderboard. Carson Macedo is 2nd, 140 points back. David Gravel is 3rd, 144 points back. Donnie Schatz 4th, Sheldon Hoddenshield 5th, Logan Schuhart 6th, James McFadden 7th, Craig Kinzer 8th, Brock Searfoss 9th, and Jacob Allen in 10th. Of course, the name that is missing there is now Aaron Reitzels because with the penalty, uh, he has now dropped outside of the top 10. Which, you know, with that, also, we uh, have a new race for Rookie of the Year now between uh, James McFadden and uh, Brock Zierfoss. Yeah. So there's an instinct to us. Yeah, James McFadden is now the leader of that after missing, like, what, five, six races or something. Uh, he is now leading the Rookie of the Year points, um, which, Brock, you're killing me, man. Like, I made this pick at the start of the year, and with this new twist, I'm like, yeah, we got a shot at it again. And still so far behind. But hey, it's a little closer now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, you know, I, I love his uh, tenacity and his perseverance. Uh, it's been an extremely rough year for the 3Z team, and, and they have not given up yet. Keep chugging along, which is good to see. I'm really glad that uh, they never ended up dropping up the tour. It looks like still running strong, and uh, that just means more building. 
Yeah, agreed. Uh, this past weekend, there was also some non-World of Outlaws races that took place. Uh, the 360 Nationals took place Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, which culminated in Giovanni Selzy taking the 360 Nationals title on Saturday at Knoxville. And then Sunday, the 410s invaded for the first time this week with the 10th running of the Capitani Classic, which went to a World of Outlaws driver in David Gravel. Uh, pretty uh, good previews for what we've got coming up here. Obviously, we know Gio and that team is really strong. Obviously, we know Gravel is really strong at Knoxville, which uh, the Capitani has been a little bit of a teaser of who our Knoxville National Champion is the last two years. Uh, obviously, we had the Capitani kind of in place of the Nationals last year, so it kind of doesn't count. Larson got that, but the year before was the regular Capitani, 2019, obviously Gravel won. They went on to win the Knoxville Nationals. The year before that, 2018, Brad won the Capitani, and they went on to win his first Knoxville Nationals. So maybe this is a sign that Gravel will be Knoxville Nationals champion two, uh, technically two years in a row now. Yeah, I think I saw something. Uh, I think Brian Walker tweeted it from the Outlaws uh, Twitter account. I think I saw that like in the last... Excluding last year, in the last six runnings of the Capitani Classic, I think the winner of the Knoxville Nationals uh, finished like no lower than fifth in the Capitani Classic or something like that. Yeah, because I believe Brian Brown won it in 2017. I think Shane Stewart was maybe a couple of years before that, something like that. So um, it's a, it's been a good teaser, yeah, a good preview. For sure, and it was a super fun race on uh, Sunday night. Uh, Saturday's uh, 360 Nationals finale, just as fun. Uh, if, if we get anything uh, this week like we did over the course of those four nights, uh, we're, we're in for a, a real treat for the 60th Knoxville Nationals. Yeah, we've already got, what, oh, more than 100 entries. Uh, we've got some paint schemes coming out already. Look awesome, I saw. Uh, Jason Nelson Racing is breaking out. The gold car this year looks awesome. So I can't wait to see some of these old school schemes and new schemes, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun again. Super fun. Uh, I think that's my – you know, we talked last week about, like, what our favorite parts are of the Nationals. I think that might actually be my favorite part is just everyone breaking out these special one-off paint schemes that they put They put so much effort into. You, you can already see, as you mentioned, the gold on uh, the Jason Johnson Racing 41 for Carson Macedo. That thing looks like it's just going to really sparkle and shine under the bright lights of Knoxville. Uh, and, and, and so many teams put in efforts like that uh, that the whole field is going to look really, really nice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, like you said, definitely forgot to mention that the last time. That it's always fun to see all these new schemes people are breaking out and uh, just make me really want a diecast of all of them. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, before we wrap up here, um, if you are not going to be able to make it to the Knoxville Nationals and you plan on watching on Dirt Vision. Please make sure that you have done one of these two things. You have either purchased the pay-per-view package, which runs uh, for all four nights at a total of $125, or if you have a monthly subscription, please upgrade to the annual Fast Pass. The Knoxville Nationals is not included in your monthly subscription. It is only available as a single event pay-per-view purchase or if you upgrade 
to the annual subscription. So please do one of those two things. Uh, if you're listening to this and you are a monthly subscriber and you want to watch the Knoxville Nationals this week, please do one of those two things and do it as soon as you possibly can to save yourself some headache once we get to race day on Wednesday or move further into the week. Not like we haven't said that all year long, but so definitely a good time to remember to do that. Now. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we have indeed said it all year long, but you know, uh, it's, it, it's now that time of the year where if you have only vaguely been paying attention to those words that we've been saying all year long, now is the time to actually pay attention to those words and save yourself some headache and, and, and save yourself that I, I have a monthly fast pass. How come I can't watch? It has never been included in your monthly fast pass. If you think it was last year, please remember that that was not the Knoxville nationals. That was the one and only Headlined by the Capitani Classic. That was not the Knoxville Nationals. This year it's back, and for the first time it actually is included in a subscription, but it is the annual Platinum Fast Pass, not your monthly one. So make sure you either upgrade or purchase the separate package by itself, and then you will be able to watch the 60th Knoxville Nationals. Uh, as of, I, I think... Last night, uh, Monday night, the Apple TV app is now available and on the market. So if you are an Apple TV user, get yourself the updated app, reset your password, you'll be able to get logged in and be good to go. Uh, I believe the Samsung Smart TV app is now available for all Samsung TVs from 2019 uh, onward. Uh, you are now available. Uh, we are now available on Xbox, uh, of course, Roku, uh, Fire Stick is now available for all you Fire Stick users out there like myself who have been waiting pretty much all season to be able to get that. Now it is available. Um, if you haven't done it yet, if you didn't watch anything last week after we updated our entire system, reset your password, update your app, then get yourself logged in. You'll be good to go. Boom. Easy as that. It's easy Not like you could have said that. it any simpler. Easy as that. Um, it, it, it's going to be awesome. We're really excited here at Dirt Vision to be able to share all of this with you this week. Uh, we're really excited for it. And uh, if you do have any issues, please email support at dirtvision.com, and our our team will get you sorted out. Yeah. Uh, it's a good team. Everybody does some really good work over there. Thanks, Nick. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's fun to watch. Thanks, man. I had uh, we we when uh, during our downtime at Walkers Glen, we made sure we were tuning in and watching those Dirt Vision races, and they're all pretty fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a good time, and we're we're really excited for this week. And uh, like I said, we're excited to to share it all with you and and watch all the fun together. And that's what we're gonna do. So uh, thank you all for tuning in as always. And next week, I will not be in, so it'll be the Nick and Nick show again. Nick Graziano and Nick White filling in for me uh, with, hopefully, the winner of the Knoxville Nationals is the plan. Hopefully. That, that is the plan. We'll see how plans work out. Um, as long as I don't hop on this flight to Key West, I think we can make it happen. <laughs> We're, I'm putting my faith in you, Nick. <laughs> I guess I got to go now. I guess I so. About that part. <laughs> uh, Nick, you travel safe off to Knoxville. Have a great time. Everyone out there, I hope if you are going to the race, you have a fantastic time. And if you are watching it on Dirt Vision, I hope you have a great time as well. Uh, until next time, my name is Rob Blount from Dirt Vision. I am Nick Raziano. I'm going to try and find where the hell my gate is. And we will catch all of you <laughs> next week. Enjoy the Knoxville Nationals, everybody. Bye-bye. Hashtag open red.